in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbossitdown.com. It's GeForce O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Hey, hey, hey! What's going on, you guys? Yeah, that woke you up, didn't it, Charlie? Hey, it's uh, it's Ron and Don. This is a special Friday edition of the Ron and Don Show. And today, we're going to spend about 15 minutes. It's one segment, and we're just talking about real estate. That's it. Also, don't forget, if you want to continue the discussion... We have a life-changing event coming up on episode 492, if you missed it. I talked about buying my first home, Sabrina was my realtor, and how my home since that time has gone up millions of dollars in value, just one home, and it's because I took action. During the last downturn in 2010, I got in Sabrina's truck, and I took action, and we went home hunting. We looked at 119 homes. And six months later, here I was with this particular piece of property. And you know what I did after that? I got on the phone and I started calling my friends. I'm like, you should be buying real estate right now. Those that did built a a wealth snowball. Those that did not, did not build a wealth snowball. Because chances are, you are going to make money and make so much money that at some point you're going to wake up one day and be wealthy. You have to build that snowball. We're going to talk more about a well snowball at this life-changing event coming up on February 16th. Yeah, you can sign up. There's only 30 spots available. Ronanddon.com slash change. Yeah. thing I really like about Ron, and you will notice, uh, and I don't know if there's any other realtors that do this. Uh, when we have a new client, Ron will really take the time. He's a very gifted teacher, you guys, a very gifted teacher. If we were in a church, I would probably be the loudmouth evangelist. And he would be the one that would come in and really, really teach us, right? Really teach us. And he's going to do this at this life changing event. Anytime Ron is teaching one of our clients, if I'm on the Zoom call, I always learn something as well. And you really like it's it, you, you really. And then I'm going to ask you about commission. You really like the opportunity. I I have seen you sit down. And you'll do like a dummy contract after dummy contract with a a particular client. Why do you do that? Because it seems to take an awful lot of time when you do do that. And I haven't seen other realtors do that before. Uh, I mean, I want people to understand what they're doing. (laughs) Like a lot of times you're talking about a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Um, You should understand and you should want to understand what it is you're signing, how it works. What is the strategy? How do I win this uh, thing? Uh, you know, how do I perform? So that that's why I think it's important because I I that's just how my brain works. Like it's important to know what you're doing, what you're signing, and what why you're doing the things you're doing. Yeah, and when you Ron calls it hitting the go button, I've noticed for, for the people where you have walked through and you you you're like, here's a purchase and sale agreement. This is what this looks like. Let's go through and read all the disclosures together. Let's go ahead and sign these things as if we were buying a house, but there's no actual house that we're buying. It just what is it what does it feel like when the pressure's on? And you always coach people up and you say, You think there's not going to be pressure? 
there's going to be a lot of pressure in the same way that a great football team like the Seahawks will feel pressure in the fourth quarter to perform. If you've done your work, then you're ready for the pressure, right? Yeah. You know, what's the, the famous quote from the Stoics? Like, you don't rise to the level of your hopes. You fall to the level of your training, something like that. Yeah. And so if you have zero training, you just it's a free fall. Yeah. And then you missed out, and it could be very costly. Yeah. I've, I've had a, a client when I was very first starting, didn't do any training, uh, and, and I wasn't the greatest agent, if I'm honest, at the time yet. I was still learning. He lost $25,000 of earnest money because he didn't do any training. Yeah. And it, it lost it. It's gone. Didn't yeah. perform. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. Uh, let's talk about commissions. This is something a lot of times that agents don't want to talk about or they get uncomfortable. Um, but a lot of times our buyers and sellers want to talk about it, but they just don't know how to bring it up and they almost feel ashamed to bring it up. Let me start with this question. Are commissions negotiable for buyers and sellers? They are, especially now, and I've been thinking about this episode, and if you'll give me a, a wider berth here for a second, let's just do a mental thought experiment on on why things are the way they are, how they're set up. So if you and I were going to start, uh, it's the state of Washington, and we want to say people are buying and selling real estate, how should everybody get paid, all right? So like when you go to the grocery store, you know that the price that you're paying for the Apple is more than what Safeway paid for Apple, the Apple, and that the guy that grew the apples had a certain uh, a profit margin. So he, 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 he grows the apples, someone picks it, they send it to Safeway, and you're paying a retail cost for that apple. And it's more than, uh, it just goes on down. Same with shoes, same with whatever. So when it's a physical object, you recognize that, hey, the, the employees at Safeway and the rent that they pay and electricity and all this stuff, that is paid for by the fact that uh, everybody that buys stuff in the store is they're making a profit on that item. And so they, how do you do that though with real estate? Because it's not a dollar seventy nine for an apple, it could be a million dollars. So how are we going to pay for this, and who are all the people that need to get paid? And so as the industry, and each state is different. This is different in California. It's different in England. It's different in Washington D.C. of the way they've set this up. So every state gets to decide how are we going to do this? How are we going? What are the set of rules that we're going to have so that people get paid? And I hope that everybody out there realizes if you're a professional and you're delivering a good service that you deserve to get paid. So like a, a great mechanic deserves to get paid. Your, your hairstylist, if they do a great job, they deserve to get paid because they have a set of skills that you don't have. So let's just, I like to start there. So the state of Washington so, all right, how are we going to do this? And so they said, well, one way we could do it is just to have people just charge. We could just say, hey. You're it, talking about real estate right now. I'm talking about real estate. Yeah. You, you could say, hey, I'm a realtor. Don, you want to buy a house? Here's what it costs for you to buy that house. I'm going to just put a number on it. And it's like, well, that's different because every, every house costs a different thing. Some deals are complicated. Some deals aren't. Um, people didn't like that. And then the other thing they didn't like is seller or buyers, <coughs> all the cash that they had was going to the down payment. So buyers were telling their agent, I can't pay you because I don't have the cash to pay you. This, I can barely pay my down payment. So I don't have any cash left over. 
I hope that makes sense for people. I, I have 40 grand in the bank. I want to, I don't want to use all 40 grand because I need some money to, you know, pay my rent and buy food. So I have $30,000. I can't pay you what you're worth to give me this service because I literally don't have the money. So the interesting said, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to structure this? Because everybody that does this full-time deserves to get paid. So they came up with this system and this has evolved through the years. So the system became what we're going to do as an industry. So these are lobbyists and legislators and everybody, this, this got hammered out over many iterations. They said, here's how this is going to work. We're going to take a percentage of the cost of the home and that is going to be the compensation for the, all the agencies and the brokerages that are involved. So from the state perspective, they said, we have very strict requirements to become a brokerage and to become a broker. You have to be licensed. So the brokerages have infrastructure. In the same way that Safeway has a store and electricity and employees, and all that stuff. The state of Washington says, you can't just go out and willy-nilly someone buy and sell a house without a license. In order to have a license, you have to be with a designated broker. Why do you have that? So there's some accountability. So if there's a lawsuit or there's fraud or someone steals something, there's a mechanism for the state of Washington to hold people accountable. So you have to have a designated broker. That's expensive. Uh, designated brokers forever. Like we have to have an office. We have to have employees. People want to come to the office and see and meet with us. So we have this infrastructure that's involved. So, um, and that's just how it always was done. So the individual broker works for a brokerage and the brokerages went to the state of Washington. They said, how about we do this? We're going to take a percentage of the deal. So let's just call it a hundred thousand dollars. We're going to take out, there's a hundred thousand dollars. How about we take 6% of that and we will divide that up uh, amongst everybody involved. And so they were like, great. And so the way that would work is you would take this 6%, each brokerage for the buyer would get half, the seller would get half. And then out of those halves, um, then they had to pay everybody. They had to pay the brokerage, had to pay their rent. They had to pay their employees. They're paying their electric bill. They give. Uh, they would have some sort of setup between their brokerage. Uh, then, and all of them are different to where everybody now gets paid. So that was the system that that became viable in the state of Washington. We're going to take a percentage of the, of the asking price of the sale price. And, and it's all going to go to the listing brokerage. Then the listing brokerage is going to disseminate the proper percentages to all the parties involved. Does, does that make sense yep. so far? Yep. And so the reason why they did that and this, I have, I've explained this a million times and a lot. It doesn't until it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. The reason why it evolved that way is because buyers didn't have extra cash to pay their professional for the service they received. They wanted to build that into their loan. And so this is the way that the state of Washington and the lobbyists and the legislators and the brokerages solve that riddle. We're going to let someone build their commission into their loan that money is going to go to the listing brokerage and then the listing brokerage is going to disseminate it back out to the parties involved. Therefore, buyer gets to finance it over the life of their loan. They don't have an extra out-of-pocket expense and then everybody gets paid through that channel. 
So that's how it's been for years and years and years. There has been incentive and, and momentum as an industry to try and protect the this structure because that's how we've always known it to be. It seems to work. All of the values of the houses, all of the the um, uh, people that do appraisals, the mortgage people, the, this structure, this underlying structure for compensation is baked in to the entire industry. So when an appraiser comes out and appraises a house for a bank, all of the numbers they're pulling includes this baked in feature. And so if you take that out, it throws the math off for everybody and it's, you can't unbake that cake. It's, it's an ingredient in the cake. And so now what, what has happened? What has changed? Any, any questions on it? Did I explain that? Okay. Yeah, you, you did. And I think I had a friend that went to the Met the other night and he had a really great experience. And I said, that's interesting. What did you tip? And he said it was a force, and he wasn't from here. He goes, they forced my tip. And and he said, I would have tipped a lot more, but the tip was already baked in, and we know why that was. There was a lawsuit, and, and it involved actually Tom, the Tom Douglas restaurants. And so what they decided to do, instead of negotiating that tip, they would bake the tip in. And in restaurants where people spend a lot of money, and there's a sommelier and there's old, you know, a doorman and someone parking your car and a hostess and all. A lot of times if you're on one of those service staffs and people are from out of the country or out of state, they don't know that they could add a second tip there to kind of sweeten the pot. And so what happens for a lot of people that are in the service industry in really nice restaurants where it's all baked in, they feel shortchanged. And other restaurants uh, sometimes it's maybe a tavern. You didn't feel like you were getting tipped a lot anyway, and it's just you and the guy sitting at the bar, and you're the bartender. Having that thing baked in sometimes, it feel it it feels like it helps. So in the state of Washington, the question is with this lawsuit that just happened around the country, uh, is is will those real estate commissions continue to be baked in in the same way that our tips are baked in at the Met? Or are we going to be able to pull those back out and negotiate? Or can we now? And so what happened, and hopefully this is interesting to folks, is the internet came along. So pre-internet, um, you had to go to a realist, a physical real estate office, and there was an actual three-ring binder of the listings. Uh, and so you would sit down with your real estate agent and you would say, I want to look at houses in Magnolia. You'd go into this physical book and there was a tab that said Magnolia and you'd flip it over and there are the houses in Magnolia. It's in this book. And so there was a, a value to owning the information. So then the internet comes along and they decide, well, we're going to publish this information. Just anyone can look at it. And so that was a revolutionary time. And so now everyone can, can has access to the same listings. And some people came along that said, we want to replace the broker. Can we make this easier for buyers and sellers? So like your Redfins, your Zillows of the world, we're like, we're smart. We're going to put all this money and create these elaborate computer programs and algorithms to just do this. And so what they've found is that that's not as easy, easier said than done. It's called being an eye buyer, right? Right. And so they thought, well, here's what we can do. We can charge less compensation because the algorithm is going to do it all. 
Like in the same way that Amazon can charge less for a book because they have the big algorithm and volume, we're going to be a volume business. We're going to have this smart algorithm and it's going to diminish the role of the broker. And so therefore we can charge less compensation because the computer's handling a lot of it. That hasn't worked out so well uh, long-term. It might get there someday, but right now it hasn't gotten there. And so some of these people that are involved in, in, in the world of buying and selling, they got together with some lawyers and they're like, Hey, I don't like this model anymore. This has happened within the last five years. I don't, I'm a, I'm a seller. I live in Seattle. I'm going to, there's a tremendous demand for my house. Why am I responsible for why, why is 6% of this house sale coming out of my side of the ledger and then we had to give it back to the buyer's brokerage. I don't like that. And so uh, the group of people came together. They met with some lawyers and like, we don't like it either. We're going to challenge that system. We don't think that system is fair. And so that's what they did. They, they filed a class action lawsuit uh, that said, we don't like this system anymore. We want it to change. And so as this has gone through the court system, um, and I think some of it has been resolved, some of it's still pending as we speak right now. In Washington State, they said, we need to get out ahead of this. They raised some good points here. Like, we're not going to just dig our heels in and say there's no logic behind this. Things are different now with the internet. You can open up your phone and swipe through stuff. There are, we don't have that three-ring binder anymore at the office. Sometimes you don't even need an office. Like, like you can, people don't need to go to a building anymore. They can just meet at the house. So a lot has changed. And so the Northwest MLS said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to change this whole thing. We think that it's, they said the transparency around compensation has been kind of opaque and hard to understand. We're going to go, we want to be more transparent with that. Um, maybe we're going to open the door to say, yeah, things are different. Things are different now. Uh, we are going to, instead of passively defaulting to the way things have always been, we are now going to actively say, how should this be structured? Yeah. And Let so me, that's where we are right now. Yeah. That has changed for Washington State. They changed the form. The lawyers battled it out. You now have to declare in advance uh, what the compensation structure is going to be, and it can be different for every single person. Yeah. I, I had a neighbor who had a lifelong friend that helped sell his house. And, and this lifelong friend of the family basically charged the full 6%. What, what made me angry about it for my neighbor, not just as a real estate agent, but as his friend, my, my neighbor, his job is taking care of this massive house that he built. And the house is on point. The house is turnkey. In fact, I was watching some of the work that was happening at the house before they sold it. And my neighbor was the one doing all the work. The, the real estate agent wasn't actively participating in who's going to come over and fix the grout. Who's going to put the tile in down in the wine room? Uh, who's going to go ahead and take care of these hedges? Who's going to power wash the driveway? It has this massive deck. Who's going to do that? And, and so my neighbor took all of that on. And when I look at that and I see the real estate commission that the real estate agent not only collected for himself, but then also for the person that brought the buyer, it, it, it bothered me because I felt like my neighbor shouldn't have had to pay as much in a commission since he did all the work. On the other hand, on the other hand, 
we do a lot of projects where we're bringing in lots of different contractors to projects. And last year, there were homes that our contractors worked on for four, five, and six months. I have to be honest. At the end, as far as the commission goes, I didn't feel like we got paid enough <laughs> because the house ended up selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars more. And, and by really taking the time and, and, and for myself partnering uh, with other contractors and with the homeowner in this case, or sometimes you have a buyer and you go out and, and, you, and you write you know, 13 offers and you finally win on the, on the 14th offer, there's an awful lot of work that goes on in real estate sometimes that you don't get paid for. And so what agents say to themselves is, you know what, I'll get overpaid on this deal like with Don's next door neighbor because I feel like I've got underpaid in other places and spaces. So I think yeah, that's the, men- the, I think that's, the, I think that's the that mentality. That is a mentality. Yeah. But I, I guess what, and, and there's a lot of other components that go into this that we can't get into now, including that you're in a legal contract and there's legal protections and you need to do the, the actual contract, right? But what Don and I like to open the door with for people is to say, we're not afraid to have this conversation. As right. you can see with this, I understand how it works and why it was set up that way. I understand why it's changed in the current marketing conditions. And we would love to meet with you if you are, especially if you're a seller and explain to you what, you know, what, what happens if you do plan A? What do we think would happen if you do plan B? What about plan C? Maybe you're a test case to try something new. We're open to having that discussion and we're open to not being weird about it of saying, this is the reality. I hope that you can see that, you know, the effort and the education and the master's degree that Don and I have figuratively in real estate has intrinsic value. Uh, we shouldn't work for free. And so, but what that number is with you, I'm willing to talk about it. Yeah. And negotiate that you shouldn't have. And if it's not, if it's not with us, you guys, this is, this is what we do during a sit down. We, we, we go deeper. We're basically having a Ron and Don sit down with you right now. And I would encourage, and I'll give you an example. If I was selling the home that I'm currently in, I've, and I needed a realtor and I wasn't a realtor, let's say. I, I would negotiate to pay less of a commission because all the work here is done. And if there's any work that needs to be done, it's going to be either done by me or someone on my one of my crews or someone that I know. So I'm going to want to pay less on the commission because I've done the work and I've created a turnkey property and that realtor just has to step in, put it on the MLS. Take there's still other things the realtor has to has do. To do the legal stuff. Yeah, and they have to take pictures and present it and they still have to bring it by. And I'm telling you, if you're not offering the other side any money, Agents aren't going to show your house. They're just not. If you're not, if 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 you leave that up to them, and that that's a very interesting thing that's happening now. I have though another piece of property that I haven't gone through with a fine tooth comb that I own with a partner uh, in another part of Queen Anne, and that property would be some work for a realtor to sell. And let's say that I was going to hire Ron to do it. Well, this house needs a new roof before I can sell it. It, it, it does. Uh, this particular house, 
needs to be fully painted inside and out. This particular house needs new gutters. This particular house, the yard is a lot, right? And someone's going to have to come and cut back this yard. Someone's going to have to come and do some power washing. Someone has to figure out in the basement, there's a puddle of water, where that came from and what are we going to do about it? In that case, I'm going to pay a full commission. I'm going to pay a full commission to Ron. And I might even think, wow, maybe I should even pay him more because it is such a task to take on this property and bring this property to market. And that's what that's what I do. That's what we do is we're not afraid to take that on. But you should understand if you're paying a full commission, what that means, who's paying what. And you should also understand and be empowered to negotiate that down if you feel like on a selling side specifically that you have done all the work and you're presenting a turnkey property. So what's the headline for you uh, on episode 493 is we get ready for this life-changing event coming up and we can talk more about this if you want. Yeah, don't, uh, if you're scared to talk about money, pay attention to that. Money's important. Uh, Real estate is expensive. It is not as easy as people think that it is to do well. You can, you can find someone to do a crappy job for <laughs> next to nothing, but you're exposing yourself to a lot of risk and a lot of legal action. So if someone's an expert, uh, pay for their expertise. That, that to me is money well spent. When I find someone that is truly an expert at something, um, paying them for their expertise uh, is, is very, very good money well spent. Yeah, we were we did a run and on sit down, and then we went out to visit a property the other day. It's a very big property. It's going to be a lot of work for us. We're very excited about the property and we have the juice. But this is one of those things where where if somebody wanted to negotiate a real reduced commission, I would tell them no, and here's the reason why, and I defend it, would defend it. If another realtor came along and offered to do it less, they can do it they can do it for less. They won't do it as well, in my opinion, and they they won't garner as much money for that particular property because that's what it's really all about. Uh, at the end. So you have to, and ask a realtor sometime if they, if they can defend their commission, sometimes they can't because it's just kind of the way that it's been done and they're going along to get along. So make sure they can defend that, that, uh, make sure they can defend that commission and be empowered to know that it's your right to negotiate that. All right. Hey, you guys, if you need us, ronanddonsitdown.com. This is what we do. This is what we get excited about. Ron is a great, great teacher. If you've never even walked through a real estate contract before, those are the types of things we do so you can be empowered to build generational habit stacking snowball wealth. And we're going to talk more about that coming up February 16th. We have 30 slots. We'd love for you to come or someone you love and care about that maybe doesn't understand real estate and they want to understand it better. Or maybe you own a piece of real estate. You don't actually understand how you bought it. When you buy that second piece of real estate, you need to understand it because the idea is do I sell and stack or do I hang on to that first mortgage and go get a second? Again, we're going to talk about that February 16th. Ronanddon.com slash change, right? Yeah, you can sign up right now. Ronanddon.com slash change. Uh, if you have any more questions about this, feel free to reach out to me, Ron at Ronanddon.com. I think I explained it relatively well, but if you still have some questions, Ron at Ronanddon.com. Yeah, and would you guys write us and just let us know if you're enjoying We've done this a couple times now on a Friday where we just drop an extra episode so we didn't take any of the three away that we do during the week, but we've added the fourth. It's just kind of some real estate information that we would go through and hopefully some inspiration 
that we would go through during a sit down. And this is kind of the energy and kind of the knowledge that we like to impart to our partners and our clients. And again, for us, it's not about a transaction. It's about us having a relationship with you the way we have in the Puget Sound for years, all right? Hey, Ron and Don Nation, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you want to get in touch with us, everything is at ronanddon.com. if you want to know more about the radio or our real estate business. If you want to sit down with us, same place, it's Ron and Don Sit Down. You can schedule one today. And February 16th, we would love to have you, see you. We have nothing to sell uh, it's, you're not going to get flim flammed. I've been invited to those meetings before and they suck. I hate specifically when a friend does that to me, you can count Ron and I as friends. This is not some flim flam. This is just an opportunity for you to take action in your own life. Yeah. So. Run it on.com slash change. All right. You got it. Hey, uh, thanks for listening to episode 493. We'll see you again for 494. It'll be here before you know it. Happy January. Happy New Year's, you guys. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you February 16th for that life-changing event. It's the Ron and Don Show. Olay! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.